Welcome back to Racing Live on TalkSport 2. Emma's Kennedy and Lizzie Kelly with you till just after 3pm. Live racing from Southwell today. Uh, a man I think we would have been covering uh, had the jumps action survived is top jumps jockey James Bowen, who is back on Racing Live. Uh, James, welcome back to the show. Great to have your company again. Thank you very much. Good to, good to be back. Thank you. And since we last spoke to you, uh, poor old Nico got injured. And when a jockey gets injured, someone is going to take advantage of that. And boy, have you taken full advantage of that one. Uh, you'd almost think this was a Tanya Harding situation and we'd taken him out for you. Uh, but we wish, <laughs> we very much wish him well uh, and hope that Nico will be back in action sooner rather than later. But you've already had a tremendous amount of success, but stepping into Nico's shoes, it's something you've done many times. You did it on Boxing Day, for example. You won the big grade one, uh, the new version of the Tallworth while Nico was at Kempton. Um, but in his absence, you've been riding all of Nicky's big guns, and that is not something that is daunting you in any way. No, I've been uh, I've been very lucky now. Um, obviously, it's unlucky for Nico, but um, you know, I'll, I'll uh, I, I've given it my best shot anyway, and um, yeah, it's been it's been going well, so um, really enjoying it. You're only 22, which is kind of staggeringly young, considering the level of success that you have had. It's the kind of success that you'd expect someone who's got an older head on their shoulders to have. Uh, and certainly to be able, it seems at least on the surface, to handle the level of success that you have with the calmness that you do and to be able to approach those big races with the confidence yet calmness that you have. What do you put that down to? Well, I've been, I've, I've been doing it since I was 16. So like I've been, I've been doing it since for six years. So um, like, you know, I've been doing it a while now. I, I obviously... Like when I first started, I'd get a bit nervous, but but now it's sort of just like, you know, I got four rides tomorrow. Like every every day is, is the same for me, really. So you just got to um, ride every race, like and like like it's a, a a race in the in the week kind of thing. Um, they're all they're all the same. So um, you're all you're trying to win every time. It's the same same outcome you're looking for. So. Yeah, and just just keep it simple, I think. I think just from our perspective as racing fans, looking at someone having the level of success that they're having, there's a fascination with that. When you were riding a horse like Django Bay in that grade one, it, I'm pretty confident that you've got a very good horse in your hands there, but I'm also pretty confident that had Farron Glory stood up, he might just have won. But what happens, happens to that horse. Nothing seemed to phase you one bit in that race. And once he's out of the picture... You could tell that Django Bay was going to win, and it was just a matter of, well, how far? How do you adjust to that kind of a scenario, riding in a grade one where there's an immense amount of expectation on you? It's a race that's being broadcast all around the world. Something crazy happens in the race, and you have to adjust to it. Yeah, um, like like it's, it was my first ride in the grade one that actually had a chance, I'd say. But um, again, you just got to approach it like, like um, every other race. Um, like yeah, whether whether I'd have won now is is still unknown, and we'll we'll never know. But um, yeah, it's it's it. You sort of have to think on instinct a little bit, and there's uh, a lot a lot that can go wrong in a race. And thankfully, it went the right way for me. So and and not for Sean, but um, yeah, it all went well, worked well for me. So I'm not I'm not complaining anyway. <laughs> no, I I, I can't. <laughs> Can't imagine that you um, you were, nor should you be. Uh, it was, of course, though. I didn't really want to mention it, but you did. It was your brother 
who was on board Foreign Glory. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the, the ups and downs of racing. Like Sean has been having an incredible season, um, banging in the winners left, right and centre. But that's the nature of a jumps jockey. You're taking those risks every single day of your life. And sometimes a horse is just going to take a misstep like that. Yeah, exactly. Like who who's to know that was going to happen, you know? So um, these things happen. Um, you know, Sean was very jealous the next day, but... <laughs> Um, you know, he, he didn't take it well, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit of an inside track there as to what's going on between the Bowen brother dynamic. I mean, he's banging in winners left, right and center. And he's jealous of the fact that you've won grade one. It's your first grade one too. You think he'd be happy for you. You, you would think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's this madness. <laughs> what did that win mean, mean to you? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Um, like... When you first start riding, that's all you want to do is ride in them in like grade ones and the big races. And um, there's like a lot of jockeys that never get to do that. So to do it like relatively early in my my career is um, is a big thing for me. Yeah, definitely. And of course, there's the promise of more to come as well. How difficult is it to then keep your head firmly on the ground when you know you're going to get the opportunity to ride? yet more grade one contenders for Nicky Henderson, but also for others. And not just because Nico is going to be out of the saddle for uh, another few weeks, but because Nicky is going to be calling on you in those big races, particularly coming up to Cheltenham. Yeah, um, I obviously look forward to it. Um, it's what you've, what, um, it's what you always look forward to when you're, when you're a young lad and try and start riding, you all you want to do is ride in the big races and, um, is sort of kind of kind of happening for me now, so um, I just got to enjoy it. I think. Yeah, very much so. Um, what does it mean to you that Sean, despite the fact that he's jealous of your Grade One win and the Formby Novice Hurdle, <laughs> formerly the Tallworth, what does it mean to you that he's leading the Jockeys Championship in the manner that he is? Oh, class! Yeah, um, it's a bit unfortunate. He's he's a bit hit at the minute. He hasn't rode since Boxing Day, but um, hopefully he'll be back soon. And uh, he's still got a. So a uh, bit of a lead in, in the championship, so hopefully he can get back in time to to maintain it. And um, he's riding farewell, so hopefully, hopefully, not much can stop him. But um, I, I'm I'm very I'm a very proud brother. So yeah, that, no, really, really pleased for Sean. Well, at least one of you's proud. I mean, <laughs> I know you, you'd think it'd be vice versa, wouldn't you? But there we are. <laughs> yeah, isn't the older brother supposed to be looking out for the younger brother? The younger brother is there trying to trying to claim his scalp. Um, you mentioned the injury he has, which I think came after the Foreign Glory fall. Uh, 121 winners is what he had racked up up until Boxing Day, which is just extraordinary to think that he'd already banged in that many winners, uh, particularly when Sam Tristan Davis is on 78 and Harry Cobden, his nearest pursuer, is on 95. And both of them are mustered as his former champion, uh, Brian Hughes on 76 but the fact that he's been out of action since Boxing Day is just a, a further example of the risks that you guys take every day yeah like it's not it's, it's not uh, an easy job really um, like you know when you're you, you like I've been injured like twice in the last 18 months and been out for a while so it's um, when you're doing it like it's inevitable that it's going to happen one day when you're riding as much as sort of Sean is anyway. So um, it's something that you've you got to accept. And 
and just um, get on with it. And and hopefully, just once you're injured, you just that's all you're thinking about is getting back back riding. So um, yeah, no, it's it's obviously it's not the, it's the dark side of it, but we we all accept it and and we understand the the risks involved. So. Um, it's it's great when it's when it's good and it's worth all of it. Quieter day for you today with the jumps racing called off. Unfortunately, that's kind of what happens at this time of year. Though we're at the mercy of of the weather. Your flat counterparts though are having a bit of a a sticky time of things with Sunday evening racing coming in, and it's not easy for the jumps boys either and girls for that matter because it is a fairly relentless schedule, weather permitting. Do you feel that that's fair on you and your stable staff colleagues and your trainer colleagues as well for that matter that it just seems to be British racing is a relentless grind of countless racing yeah it's very busy um like I nearly especially over jumps you never really get an off season because the summer's um busy, just as busy really um we get a couple of weeks in August but um I I, I see Ireland like they they have a week off there in in January over the jumps and like obviously the weather being the way it is this time of year it probably wouldn't do us any harm either and a lot of trainers flew flew jab their horses but um, whatever I say it's probably not going to get to get heard anyway but um, yeah the Sunday evening racing I mean I can see why they've given it a go but obviously the people inside the sport are probably not happy about it. Um, but I think at least I know. I know it's so. I think everyone in racing, when there's something different, they don't like change. But I think at least the BHA at least trying to to do something and and keep going forward, and whether it's right or not, who knows? But um, it's worth. I think it's, may as well give it a go anyway. Yeah, I I can completely see the point for trying something different, and I think to a certain extent the BHA who I've been very critical of on TalkSport 2 and the Final Furlong podcast, are damned if they do and damned if they don't. Because as you said, if they try something new, people don't like change, they're going to complain about that. If they stick to the formula, people will complain about that as well because they want to change. But I don't, personally, I don't understand the appeal of Sunday evening racing. I don't even know where the people are going to come from to bet on the product, especially seeing there's a bit of a problem with that currently in British racing. Don't know if you're aware of the whole affordability checks and what's going on with that. So yeah, good job, BHA. There's loads of people to bet on this product. There's all, all the staff are delighted about it. No one's questioning anything and everything is absolutely, we're all together with the sun shining down on our faces, uh, absolutely skipping through the world of racing. Um, it, it's not ideal. And I, I think they can all do better. Let's get your opinion on some of Nikki's big guns, shall we? Uh, Constitution Hill, you were probably a little bit I don't know if you ever really thought you were going to get to ride him on trials day in the Beulah, but that's effectively been ruled out now. He's not going to do it. I, I never really expected him to turn up in that race. I didn't expect Constitution Hill to run on soft ground in January uh, when he's never done that before. The Tallworth was quite a bit before the Supreme, and he went from the Christmas hurdle to the champion hurdle last year. Uh, it is, though, frustrating that the best horse in training is only going to be seen three times this season. Yeah, I, I can see that, but like, to be fair, he he'd have he'd have run twice by now if it wasn't for the weather, you know. So um, true, it's been taking it out of out of the boss's hands a little bit, and uh, he was just incredible again in Kempton, and is no doesn't look like there's any stopping him. But um, 
Yeah, I could, like he hasn't he hasn't ran this time of year since he started racing a couple of years ago. So um, I can see what they're thinking. I I, uh, I thought Nico might even be back by then anyway. So um, <laughs> I don't think I ever ever got my hopes up too much. But um, damn you, Nico! Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, no, he's an incredible horse, and uh, obviously everyone will be looking forward to seeing him in March and and hopefully in Aintree as well. There might have been a thought process that it wasn't for me. I knew he was going to win because, by, by the way, he was 12 to 1 on. It's not exactly rocket science to go, yeah, this fellow's going to win the Christmas <laughs> hurdle at Kempton. I wasn't Oppenheimer yeah. levels of intellect splitting the atom. I bet you tipped him up there, did you? <laughs> I most certainly did not. I most certainly did not. I'll tell you, we actually, it kind of broke my heart. George Gorman had persuaded me that the best alternative in the race was First Street and that the straight forecast would be constitutional First Street. And that's what we ended up going with as the tip. And that bloody Rubon managed to stay on for a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was almost a one-two for Nicky. But Close, yeah, yeah. you could tell going into the race that, look, he's just so far clear of these, it's it's embarrassing. Over in my native Ireland, we're trying to concoct some sort of reason as to why State Man, my God, why State Man can turn around a nine and a half length defeat and, and have, oh, well, if they ride him differently. No, no, he can't beat him. Yeah. It's game over. Yeah. He's going to go and win. But when you're dealing with a horse like that, that you know is going to win the champion hurdle for a second time, what is that like to be around a horse of that unique ability? This must have been what it was like when Istabrak was racing, that you know he's going to win. There might be a day when he has an off day and someone capsizes him, but that's not going to happen at Cheltenham, touch wood. Just the awesome mice that he has and the ability. What is that like to be around? Uh, he's, he's, he's an incredible animal. Like, you wouldn't... You wouldn't pick him out out of the string, really. He he's uh, he doesn't do anything flash, but um, like when you when you ask him, obviously he opens up and shows what he can do. But um, I think you're just this time of year and and leading up to Cheltenham. I think everything you're just hoping everything goes right, obviously, and um, you just you're just trying to keep him in one piece. I think and 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 obviously everything go right on the day because. If you get round, you're probably winning. So you just, you just, um, yeah, hope, hoping that everything goes goes right from now till then, and and in the race, I suppose. And if Nico, for some bizarre reason, isn't back, I know a jockey who's very keen for the ride and is up for the challenge. <laughs> who's that? Dennis O'Regan. He's prepared to come back. For now. It's you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he's yeah, uh, yeah, he's an amazing horse. So, um, it, I'll be he's he's amazing to be around as well because he's just such a such a gentleman and, um, yeah, he's 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 a class horse. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him study stuff again at Cheltenham in March. It would be nice if he was to come over for the Irish Champion Hurdle, which he'd win doing handstands. But I, I get it, uh, Nicky's not going to do that. And um, let's just enjoy the horse for what he is. Um, I'd love your thoughts on John Bon. Because in any normal season, he'd be a red-hot favourite for the champion chase. But it's not a normal season because El Fabiolo is doing his thing in Ireland. Although they might actually clash in the Clarence House chase later this month, which would be fantastic. It'd be a nice little bonus. But he's been deadly for Nico this season. Yeah, he's been really impressive. Um, Nico's really opened him up. Um, well, he opened him up in Cheltenham. And he he obviously stays and looks like he'll get two and a half. But... He seems to be a bit sharp with his jumping this year, and um, 
yeah, he's he's obviously a class horse, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Al Fabiola comes over, I suppose, and and see how, see how that goes. But um, yeah, no, he's a class horse, and he's he's looked impressive this year, definitely. I know his owner very much wants to win the champion chase. And I think having that crown is something that JP is very, very keen to get. But if El Fabiola was to beat him again in the Clarence House chase, do you think there's a possibility Nicky would go, I say, old boy, there's no point taking him on in the champion chase. Let's go for the Ryanair. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have no idea, to be honest. I wouldn't like to comment on that. Um, he's, looked, he's looked very good over two mile. And I think he's actually looked better this season. So... It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens next weekend, and um, I'm sure they'll just go from there, like t- make a decision after that. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, last horse I have to ask you about is the horse that gave you your first Grade One victory, uh, Django Bay, because while all the focus of attention is on uh, Jericho de Repine, and arguably it should be, he's been visually very impressive in his first two wins. Your fellas won a Grade One. Jericho hasn't, and he's not really getting the credit he deserves for that. I do think Farron Glory would have won had he stood up, but still, I don't know that for sure, and who knows what your guy would have found in a battle with him, and he might have found an awful lot. I was really impressed by what he did. What do you think of his Cheltenham prospects? Uh, he's a really nice horse, yeah. Uh, he's He switched off better last time. He ran away at Ascot, and he did it right in entry. He, he jumped well. He was a bit big, but... Um, he finishes his races off really well, and he's probably one that might, might will definitely get further in time. He just needs to settle down a little bit. But um, I don't know what I, I don't know what race they're thinking of in Cheltenham. But he um, he's obviously a good horse. He's won his Grade One now, so um, you know he's he's already had a good season and. Um, yeah, we'll see how he goes, but he's got a great attitude and he, he loves his racing, so he's got a big future ahead of him. I think he'll be a good chaser one day as well. What do you think his ideal trip will be in time? I think over hurdles, he might be ideally over two and a half, and I think um, if he runs over fences, I think he'll, he'd be fine over two mile because he'd be quite a good jumper, I'd say, over fence. I was wondering that, if he was going to be a... Um... A typical Nicky Henderson, National Hunt bred speedy two-miler type who just, the type of horses that he has managed to excel with over the years, I'm thinking of the Arkle, basically. Um, he looks to just tailor-made for that kind of uh, of a race next season. Yeah, like, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, he's obviously only had two runs. It's hard to say he's going to be in Hackle horse right now, but um, you wouldn't rule it out anyway. He's like, he's... If he jumps the fence well, which I'm sure he will, because he's obviously won upon a point, um, like he 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 could easily be um, one of them top two mile chasers. But he might he might need further. But I I'm sure um, he'd travel and jump over that trip. Yeah, his point to point form is with uh, Edward O'Grady's No Flies on Him, who won a maiden yeah. hurdle that same day and looks like a bit of a superstar in his own right. So two very exciting horses going forward. How was it three to one? Oh. I hope you tipped that one up. <laughs> I actually did, and no flies on him. I had really had my point-to-point hat on that day. Um, <laughs> every now and again, we yeah. get some things right. 
every now and again. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot wrong last week, though. Oh, dearie me. Dearie me. Give me a, a couple of horses you're very excited about riding over the next couple of weeks. Oh, God. Um, you put me on the spot now, to be honest. I haven't, um, I haven't really seen what I'm... So I'm uh, at Campton on Saturday. I have um, a horse called Impose Toir and Lanzarote. I think he, he could run well. Um and obviously tomorrow I'm riding Hen Knight's first ever runner back, so looking forward to that as well. So um, yeah, I'm not I don't I'm not really sure about um, much further on in the week than that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, talk to me about the return of Henrietta Knight. I mean, you're 22, so she wasn't when she was winning the Gold Cup. Uh, you weren't necessarily <laughs> staring at the screen at Cheltenham cheering that on. My God, I'm so old; it's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but her return to jumps racing is 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 a real thrill, and um, you're the man who's entrusted with with riding potentially her first winner back. Yeah, um, I've done a lot of work with Hen since I was at Hen- since I've been at Henderson's. Obviously, she just had a pre-training and sort of schooling yards at there, so. Um, I've been lucky enough to go in there some mornings and help her out, and um, she's a fascinating, fascinating lady. And uh, I'm hoping all goes well now with this uh, new training thing. So um, yeah, fingers crossed, all, all goes well tomorrow. Anyway. And the horse you're riding has got more letters in his form than numbers, which is a slight bit of a problem. Um, but ex Gordon Elliott, the very type of racehorse that Henrietta Knight has been able to rejuvenate over the years. Yeah, um, yeah, as you say, his f- form looks very patchy now, but um, hopefully, uh, hands work some magic, and hopefully, she runs. He runs well tomorrow. Yeah, that's a Zeta bite um, who will be in action in the one thirty at Wincanton tomorrow. It's great to see Henrietta Knight return. It's also great to see you banging in the winners. Uh, best of luck on Impose Tour in the Lanzarote Hurdle. Um, and uh, uh, more importantly, best of luck in all of the big grade ones that are coming up as well. Hopefully we'll be talking to you again, though, before Cheltenham 2024. Keep up the great work, James. It's great to see you thriving. Thank you very much, Emmett. Racing Live on TalkSport 2 continues with more live racing from South... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, next.